Welcome to Rough Magic Performance Company's podcast, where women's stories take center stage. Season two, The Parker Project. The Parker Project is made possible in part by our donors and by the generosity of inclusion and action, an organization dedicated to creating space for people to explore what it takes to advance equity together in our workspaces, neighborhoods, and communities. Leveraging the powers of personal story, the arts, media, movement, and humor to engage individuals in head and heart connections that promote deeper understanding of self and others. The Parker Project is also made possible by the voters of Minnesota through a grant from the Minnesota State Arts Board, thanks to a legislative appropriation from the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Hi, I'm Catherine Justice, and I'm one of the co-artistic directors of Rough Magic Performance Company, and in the Parker Project, I worked both as a writer and as an actor. Hi, I'm Elaine Hopkins. I'm the other co-artistic director of Rough Magic Performance Company, and for the Parker Project, I was an actor. I'm Ashanti Sakina Ford, and for the Parker Project, I was a writer and an actor. So I'd love, Ashanti, to just kind of hear... Um, a little more from you about how you got into writing and what it was that inspired you or how you started and how the interplay of being both an actor and a writer works out in your life and your career. Yeah, um, I would say as a writer in general, I've always uh, been a writer since I was young. I started out like writing poetry. My mom was a spoken word artist in the Twin Cities. And so I've been to like a lot of her um, poetry shows and I would sometimes would like try to get up and do like a little slam poem sometimes. So I've I've been a poetic writer since a very young age, probably like 10, 11 years old. I would say my playwriting kind of stems from me being a poetic type of writer. I like to write usually in the style of choreo poems, like how Intozaki um, Shange coined for, for Colored Girls, and a lot of her um, plays are choreographed poems, hence choreo poems. And I like to write poetically, and I, I envision things moving a lot with my writing. Um, but when I fell into playwriting as like its own thing and not necessarily poetry, I would say I was maybe around 20, 21 years old, maybe 19, really. I, I wrote my first play as like a reaction piece uh, to just a very traumatic event that happened in my family. And I just needed like a way to like get it out there. It has not been read by actors. It hasn't, it was read by my family actually all together, like to kind of cope with this experience. Um, and so that was the first play that I wrote just out of like reactions and um, other plays that I've written are always just out of something happening in my life. Like I, I need to react to this event or these series of events, or I'm noticing a pattern and I just have to write about it. And so this was probably the first project that was just kind of like, it, it kind of already had not really an outline, but it just had like something other than myself that I had to write about or other than something that stems from my life. So that was a fun challenge. Yeah. Well, it was like, when I first, I remember when I first brought the project to you, it was a little like, hey, Ashanti, like, I'm not really that experienced of a writer, but I have this idea. And I'm hoping that someone who's a little more experienced as a writer can help me take an idea and turn it into a play. Um, so I was really grateful for your help with that, because I haven't really written on my own since, um, since drama school, and which was a while ago. So yeah, so it was just really wonderful for me as someone who is a little more green at this process to kind of um, get to watch you work and watch you sort of develop the 
the characters and the story and yeah so it was really for me it I learned a ton by working with you so thank you nice that's cool because I'm still kind of figuring out what the rest of my process is. I'm teaching a playwriting class right now with Exposed Brick Theater. And I was like, I don't know how to teach this because I have like my own process, but I don't know what other people's processes should look like. And yeah, I've been learning along the way, like, oh, this is how I work. I, I stem from this and I think about this and I can tell people to try it. And if they like it, it's cool. And if not, they'll find their own way. That makes a lot of sense. It's actually, I think that echoes a little bit of how we tend to approach projects with Rough Magic, where it's it's a group of like really cool, talented people, right? And then you put them in a Zoom room and just say, go. <laughs> and and the, the collaboration I thought was particularly interesting this time around with, you know, two different writers, with all of the actors and the director, all chiming in with their thoughts about character. So I'd love to have both of you respond to that and maybe touch on the character of Weldon and how he developed over the course of our collaboration. Mm-hmm. I'll ju- can I just say first, um, before we get into it, or this is kind of get in, getting into it, but one of the things I love about playwriting is when I get a chance to be in a room full of actors because it really does enhance everything. And if I hear something out loud, before I hand a director something, to direct if I hear the actor say it out loud and like my words don't sound right in their mouth I'm like oh yeah it sounds better if you say it this way so it's like it's another part of I think my personal process is like hearing it out loud um, hearing actors and how the actors are going to embody the characters because once once I've written the thing it's it's no longer mine it becomes it becomes like Theater is, you know, it's it's very communal. Like everyone puts in a little bit of work to make a big project happen and playwrights are no exception to that, you know? So it's like, it, I put in my little bit of work and it's just really great when I get to be like in the room and a part of the project happening together. I like being in there and saying, yes, I like this. No, I didn't like that actually. And, you know, having a little bit of say, but also being willing to hear um, how others are receiving it. Right, which is such a, you know, it's one of the things that I love about the collaborative process is that what the final product of what you come up with, no one person could have done it on their own. Everybody, you know, adds in a little something of themselves and you create this piece that then is um, really informed by all of the people in the room, even if it's in a, a Zoom room. But, you know, when I think about what originally inspired me about making a modern version of the Too Bad story, which is really what Too Good is, was looking at this couple in the first story who really don't communicate and don't say what they're really thinking, um, but are in a highly um, and comically dysfunctional place. And the idea was to take it into a modern context and say, like, if those words actually came out of their mouths, what would happen? And when looking at the character of Weldon, that I think originally when you and I were writing it, he was almost like the villain, I think, a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, yeah. he was kind he of... He totally was. <laughs> yeah. Like, he just wasn't very nice. And he uh, was very... Um, like mostly just on his phone. He didn't actually speak very much in the original script and he was just kind of a jerk. Um, And so it was really once Eric read it was like, huh, guys, like, which was fun because, you know, Eric being the first like male identified actor that we've worked with in a long time. So that was fun to have him in the room to give that input on the character. Um, 
you know, and to just sort of say, like, if you in case you didn't know, guys, this is the story you're telling is that Weldon is kind of a jerk and it's kind of unlikable and his perspective is kind of one note. And so then taking that and I think George had some good input, too, on how to, like, find the parallels between the first scene and make Weldon in the second play a little bit more closer to what Mr. Weldon is in the first play. So that was really fun. I don't know if there's anything you want to like talk specifically about like moments or things that that made Weldon a little bit more interesting. Yeah, it was it was really fun. It was a nice challenge because we wrote that within like a week. So, (laughs) you know, so it was a nice challenge to like come with the script and then be like, can we work on the script some and be like, yeah, we'll go work on it real quick and (laughs) come back the next day with a new script. What I what I really appreciated was like the reminder to like make each character you write, no matter how small they are, like very three dimensional. And I think, you know, we did write it really fast, so it could be easy to be like, well, this this person seems important right now, so we're going to work on framing it, which I didn't like think consciously, but I'm sure that's what was going on in my head. But but when you are reminded like, hey, people are actually full 3D fleshed individuals with a whole lot going on in their head and aren't necessarily like, as, as a playwright also, I know that wasn't a finished thought before, but this one is, as a playwright also, um, you know, you kind of want to, for me, I kind of want to be careful about like, how can I say this, like perspectives, like you want each character to have a point of view and you want exactly what Eric was bringing to the room. Like you don't want want each character to be like one dimensional, you know, everyone is their own um, hero. And, you know, so even if if I'm telling if I was telling Gracie's story um, from more from her lens, like. Uh, Weldon's character, he's still his own hero in a story, you know? So I appreciated that reminder a lot. And and so much came from it and uh, so much more humor came from it too, so. The end result really has so much more give and take and and the the back and forth just gets so much deeper or got so much deeper as we moved through the process. So really cool to watch. Yeah, and I'm curious for you, Elaine, just as far as being like one of the actor collaborators in the room what it was like for you from one piece to the next like as far as the like watching and participating in sort of the parallel worlds from one to the other what that was like it was really great it was I think that there were such interesting differences in tone but the core of the pieces were of course so similar you know bound around that relationship and what is said or not said in the relationship but there were times in the first piece where um, I wasn't even looking at anybody's faces on the screen but I was just listening to it and really felt very transported to well back in time I guess like I was listening to a radio play and and so then there were aspects of the second piece then that became so much more poignant or pointed, maybe both, um, having been able to listen to the first one so closely. So all of the parallels and the little things that that I kept hearing in the second piece that, that dovetailed so nicely with the original Too Bad. And I felt like this about our first podcast too, but I love the opportunity that that doing a piece like this gives me for just working on my listening chops. I mean, it really, there is something so very different about just hearing people 
and hearing the tonality of the relationship and how people play back and forth off each other, even with Zoom delays and things like that, when you are not seeing someone's face or motion or having them move around the stage. So it's, it's just such a fascinating experience. I agree. And my, my clothes are getting really, you know, versed in drama. <laughs> from closet recording it's like from Shakespeare to Dorothy Parker they're they've never had it so good well this was so fun thank you Ashanti for all of your work collaborating with us and helping to um like I said to give me a little crash course in playwriting yeah (laughs) I will use these skills moving forward (laughs) nice thank you for asking me it was fun Well, dear, wouldn't you like to get up and check on the tomato soup? I'm going to play the vinyl and fix the table setting for tonight. I guess I can check on the soup. (laughs) Thank you, dear. No, I would not like to check on the soup, Gracie. But if you're asking me to check on the soup, then I guess I should check on the soup. What was that, dear? Nothing. Just can't wait to hear the vinyl. Oh, I hate boxes. They cramp my style. Oh, no doubt I'll be in this tune for a while. Hmm, this music is swanky. This house is too. Lovely. I'll find some great mischief to do. Oh, it's Dorothy P. here in semi-ghostly form, here to tell the tale of a couple to be torn. You see, I hate bores. They take the joy out of my life. And these two here for their tension need a knife. And I intend to be it, to urge them both to split and go. Oh, there's more I see. Mm, Time to put on a show. Hello? Oh, these two dames, Amy and Marsha, Gracie's dinner guests. Oh, they have done so well for themselves. Like... Look at this! Look at this foyer! Who the fuck has a foyer? What's a foyer? And this ceiling! Oh, they have two floors and one ceiling. Oh, sweetie, I want one ceiling too! We'll get there. I can't believe we finally get to be in someone else's home! Can you believe it? Try making it through the fourth wave of the Spanish flu with no legal tiger milk, ladies. All you had was the Tiger King. Ha! Just thank God the worst is over with. Death rates and Zoom happy hours. Ugh. Oh, yay! Finally we get to play bridge with Gracie and Weldon in person. Mmm, I miss bridge. My land is bare of chattering folk. The clouds are low along the ridges. And sweet the air with curly smoke from all my burning bridges. I miss the feeling of cards in my hands and being able to throw them when Gracie and I lose. Weldon's my favorite partner. We are the dream team. Wait, are we supposed to put these slipper things on too? Yeah, put those on. Our socks are too dirty for this fancy floor. Oh, the hostess finally tears herself away from her emphatic touching and rearranging of the table settings to greet her guests. Unlike her beau, as he's surgically attached to his leather armchair and his phone, eyes dried open, 
scrolling for another life. Oh my gosh, Amy, <laughs> Marsha, people who aren't my husband. Oh, I'm so happy you guys could make it. Sorry, I'm still in the middle of straightening things up. It is a mess. These flowers are weeping. Well, I knew I should have picked a fresh bouquet from the garden. I've been so busy roasting the tomatoes. It takes six hours, you know. I barely got a shower in. <laughs> Stupid me. Oh, don't say that. They still have their color. You've done such a good job with this whole place, Gracie. Oh, thank you. It's almost perfect. So Big, but not a lot of closets. Can you believe it? Um, do we put on these sock things? She wanted to say, If you wouldn't mind, we just got the Chantilly wax. But instead, she said, Um, I mean, only if it's not a bother. Those things are silly anyway. I'd hate for it to ruin your ensemble. Oh, you both are so cute. Mm. You know... I don't know why I even bought the stupid things. What a waste. Why don't you just, here, take them off, take them off. Stupid, stupid me. She tosses the whole basket away. Oh, what a pity. Something's burning. I smell that, and thank you. And I feel that maybe you should check on it since all you're doing is scrolling through Twitter and I'm greeting our guests like a good host. It's not Twitter, it's Instagram. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Amy, Marsha, if I'm being rude, my sister just posted her wedding announcements. Oh, your sister's getting married! How exciting! <laughs> Most exciting thing all year. I get to walk her down the aisle. Oh, he's the number one big brother. <laughs> so protective and attentive. She wanted the same from him. <laughs> well, these photos are great. She used the same photographer who did the baby photos for the Octomom. The smoke is getting thick, don't you think? Well then, honey, wouldn't you like to check on the tomato soup? Oh, he's annoyed. Good. A yawn scales down his throat. Uh, would you like me to check on the tomato soup? Oh, he only teases. <laughs> well then, I would really like it if you would check on the tomato soup. Please. Well, uh, why don't you two come make yourself at home? I I'm so sorry there is no closet in the foyer. Oh, this is the foyer. We thought this house was perfect until we moved. We just keep noticing all these little things. When we bought the dining room table, there was absolutely no way to place it without being blinded by the morning sun. I mean, really, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it is ridiculous. Gracie... I haven't seen you this jittery since that freshman year assignment we had to do on Dorothy Parker. Oh, this'll be interesting. Oh, what was that? Gracie and I had the challenge of memorizing ten poems each and reciting them in front of our feminist lit class. <laughs> we had literally one night to prepare. Let's just say when your dorm RA hears you reciting Dorothy Parker at 3 a.m., there might have been a call to the school counselor. <laughs> <laughs> Razors pain you, rivers are damp. Acids stain you, and drugs cause cramp. Guns aren't lawful, nooses give. Gas smells awful, you might as well live. <laughs> 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 oh.
Oh, I'll take that as my cue. Now, out of this swanky tune, the ghost of Dorothy P. is in full effect. Now I can really raise some hell. Just pour me some hooch. <laughs> well, then, the smoke alarm! It's your damn suit. Oh, the living never notice the important things in life, like when greatness is in their presence, even if I'm dead. But if I get just close enough... Ooh, did anyone just feel that rush of cold air? You're always cold, dear. Here, take my sweater. And if I whisper in someone's ear... And if my heart were scarred and burned, the safer I for all I have learned. Is something scarred and burned in the kitchen? Weldon's supposed to be keeping an eye on the soup! I'm so sorry I got pulled back into Instagram. Oh, I hate men. They irritate me. Social media can be such a sinkhole. I hate the drama. It cuts in on my sleep. I want to see his sister's announcement photos. I hate relatives. They cramp my style. Food is nearly done. Can I pour you red or white? I hate wives. So many people have them. (gasps) This is going to be so much fun. I hate parties. They bring out the worst in me. One half hour later, feels like 30 more... The couples have settled at the table. Dinner parties. The lowest form of taking nourishment. This all looks so lovely. The steak is juicy and the potatoes are creamy. Oh, this soup is just too good to be true. Is this all from your garden? Everything except the steak. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not the best gardener, but I just love being out of this house. Well, I just went to the farmer's market and got as many starters as I could. Although I know I overplanted, there is just too much back there. I've barely seen her all summer. She's always in the garden, but yet it still looks like the forbidden forest back there. Wouldn't be surprised if there was a unicorn blood in that soup. Oh, Gracie, abandon hope and learn to cook and you'll figure in a book. Well, I try. All the flowers in our Japanese vase come from the garden, too. This vase is just so pretty. I've been admiring the view of the daffodils from my side of the table. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. What was I thinking? We can't even properly see each other with this smack in the middle of dinner. (laughs) Just a second. Uh, Let me just find a place for these to live. Excuse me. Ooh, great. An opportunity. I'll urge the bow. You, poor friend, are married to such a splendid housekeeper. She constantly rearranges the furniture so that you trip over things every morning. She shakes a mean furnace. I can't believe you're moving things around again. You must concede Weldon was good among the local ladies, but his intentions towards them wouldn't pave the streets of Hades. (laughs) Weldon, you are such a joker. (laughs) We have guests, sweetie. Phones away. Of course, sweetie. For the guests. Oh, Gracie, this all serves you right for putting all your eggs in one bastard. Mmm. The soup is really good. Too good! Perfect for the summer nights. Mmm. Oh, really? I'm so glad you like it. It's so good. Best thing on the table. Oh, good. Good. 
Did you all know that Judge Judy wrote a book called Don't Pee in My Leg and Tell Me It's Raining? <laughs> that woman is incredible. <laughs> wow. Now to set the wife off. Gracie, I should like to ride the seas. A roaring buccaneer, a cutlass banging at my knees, a dirk behind my ear. Oh, I should like to strut and curse among my blackguard crew. But I am writing little verse, as little ladies do. As little ladies do. What was that? What was what, sweetie? Oh, uh, nothing. Nothing. I just thought you said something. <gasps> just sipping my soup. It's just too good. Hmm, that wasn't much fun. I'll urge the dame again. Gracie, I should like to dance and laugh and pose and preen and sway and rip the hearts of men in half and toss the bits away. Rip the hearts of men in half and toss the bits away. You are saying something. Do you two not hear her saying things? My slurping was too loud. <laughs> well then, remember what Dr. Branford said about accusations. Use I statements. <sighs> right. I know that you just said something because I heard you say something. What do you think I said if you're so sure? Ooh, now she puts the screws on them. You just said rip the hearts of men and toss the bits away. Are you implying something? <laughs> That's Dorothy Parker. The sassy twist gets it. <laughs> I feel like if I said something, I would not be ashamed of saying that I said something. I don't appreciate being accused of things I definitely didn't do. He was itching to say. This is why we don't talk. Well, you talk. I am just forced to listen and nod and agree and nod and say yes, dear, and nod. This is why I prefer the social life on social media. Oh, if only he were that bold. But he just replies. If you say so. Don't let her look at you with that tone of voice, Weldon. Oh, there you go again. Back to your media life, where people actually hear your voice. <clears throat> Someone tried to hit on Amy the other day. In front of me. <gasps> no, stop! Mm-hmm. It was so awkward. I even wore my chunky black glasses that men often run away from but this guy. Oh, and here I thought men seldom make passes at girls who wear glasses. We had masks on, too, but he didn't care. No? Asked her if she was married while we were standing in the grocery line. I was holding her hand. Yeah. Oh, I just hate when men... Oh, what fresh hell is this? Oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot to turn off my phone. Stupid me. Anyways, <clears throat> I just hate how men always... <clears throat> Who is texting me this late? Oh, I'm so embarrassed. Well, it could be an emergency. You should check it, really. No, we have a strict rule. No phones at the table. Uh, does that rule apply to Weldon? Because... Go. I'm so sorry. Someone obviously needs to get my attention. I've been trying to get your attention all evening, sweetie. Now you take the bait. Is everything okay? Is it your sister-in-law? 
Now look who's texting at the table. Maybe you both should put the phones away and just talk. It's dinner. Shh, Marsha, don't spoil the fun. Is it your mom? We can cut dinner short so you two can have space to chat and... <gasps> Is it your mom's shit, though? Is it okay? It's it's really not a problem. I, I can pack our plates. What does it say? What does it say? <laughs> should I read these texts out loud, Weldon? Let our guests know what our little emergency is? I don't know what what's going on. I, I was just on Instagram. Oh, I hate Instagram. It filters out the grime. Oh, that is so weird because I just got 25 texts from a man named Weldon with your exact phone number saying to me, I hate you. Go! And he capped it off with a devil emoji. So weird. Huh. Weird. That is so strange. Amy. What? I hate emojis. They're a poor substitute for wit. I wonder if this person just really hates you. Did you ever think about that? Did I ever think about that? I hate innuendo. It reveals cowards. Did I ever think about that? I hate repetition. Just get on with it. Let it out, Gracie. I think about how much you irritate me. How much I can just despise your entire being. I think about how much I wish I didn't have to see your face every single waking hour of the day. And then the last thing I see is you just before I get some slumber. I think about how you are the largest piece of shit I have yet to pass out of my life and I regret the day we were even introduced! Seriously, a divorce. Oh, gosh. Here is what I think about your divorce, Weldon. Hmm, Gracie's aim was a bit off, and her tomato soup kiss has smacked Amy instead. Oh, gosh! Oh, oh, oh no! Oh, Amy, that wasn't meant for you! It feels like it! Uh, l- let me get you some towels, sweetie. Oh, for fuck's sake, say something, Weldon. Why would you try to throw that at me? Why did you text me for a divorce? Because I hate your stupid pointy nails. Well, I hate your greasy COVID hair. (gasps) Can someone please get Amy some towels? Weldon, did you just text me? The towels are in the kitchen cupboards because there are no fucking closets in this house. For God's sake, can a homeowner grab me some towels? Ooh, she's not a weak sister anymore. Um, (laughs) thank you for attending our soiree. I, um... It's been a pleasure having you. Please excuse me. Well then. I gotta go. Well, I'll send you a TikTok. It's it's funny. Okay. Oh, okay. 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 Um. Is he coming back? God, I hope not. Um. Towels are down the hall. I moved them this morning. The flowers are weeping. I should go change them. I'll just run quickly to the garden. Um, please excuse me. Is she coming back? She might be a while. (sighs) Well, 
This house is still so beautiful. I wonder who will keep it. Let's get you cleaned up and head home, sweetie. I guess this means no more bridge. Mm. <laughs> this soup smells so delicious. I'm not kidding. I really want that recipe. It was just too good. We will get that recipe. Let's go home and clean you off. Shouldn't we check on Weldon? I'm sure he needs his space. Should we text Gracie goodbye? Ooh, um, maybe texting is a little triggering right now. She'll hear the car. Yeah, good call. Observation. If I don't drive around the park, I'm pretty sure to make my mark. If I'm in bed each night by ten, I may get back my looks again. If I abstain from fun and such, I'll probably amount to much. But I shall stay the way I am, because I do not give a damn. The Parker Project is brought to you by Rough Magic Performance Company, a professional theater company dedicated to supporting women artists and telling women's stories. The Parker Project was directed by George Keller. Sound design and engineering by Taj Ruler. Too Bad was adapted from the Dorothy Parker short story by Catherine Justice, and Too Good was written by Ashanti Sakina Ford and Catherine Justice. The cast of The Parker Projects includes Ashanti Sakina Ford, Elaine Hopkins, Catherine Justice, Taj Ruler, and Eric Sharp. Full credits are available in the show notes and on our website. If you enjoyed The Parker Project, please consider making a donation to Rough Magic in support of our mission of bringing women's stories center stage. Tax-deductible contributions can be made at www.roughmagicperformance.org. And while all of the Dorothy Parker works in this podcast are within the public domain, Ms. Parker bequeathed her estate to the NAACP. We encourage anyone who would like to honor her legacy and strive for racial equity in America to donate to them at www.naacp.org. And lastly, please consider writing a review or giving us a five-star rating to help us spread the word about the Rough Magic podcast. (laughs) 